Hello and welcome to For the Love of Truth. Last night I had another really nice chat with my pal Tom Barnett in Australia and I wanted to share that chat with you. We covered a whole raft of subjects including their local approach to the installation by Telstra, their telecoms company, of some new high-speed data internet towers in the town. We also looked at greenwashing, we looked at education and we talked about a whole raft of other subjects as well. And with that in mind, I just wanted to say thanks again for all your support. You guys are wonderful, and I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Hours on it yesterday trying to work it out. Oh, that was the microphone issue, was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's. Um, I mean, I've, oh, cha- I've changed the audio recorder, so maybe it's that. Um, okay. I don't know. What do I care as long as it works? <laughs> yeah, well, it could just be that you're being... It's pretty common that people say report that Zoom has shut down on them or not worked on them or yeah. whatever when they're doing an interview that yeah. does, uh, you know, well, touches on certain touchy subjects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You've been busy too. Yeah, been busy. Been it's been good. We just had five G turned on at one of the towers around here, so we're in. Um, we're kicking into action for that. And uh, that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about actually tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, when we, we can, what, what I wanted to do, Tom was uh, I want to talk about greenwashing, have a talk about your threads documentary um, yep. and talk about the 5G. Those are the kind of things I had in mind as to your, cool. your approach down there. Cause I think that's going to be very relevant for a lot of people because you're coming at it from a different angle. So maybe we start with that. Yeah, sure. Yep. That also probably means this video won't last very long on YouTube. <laughs> well, I just had a couple taken off. The, the last uh, live stream Q&A that I put up, that got taken down. Yeah. And uh, I've had a couple others go missing as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. It means you're dropping bombs on target. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you just had a tower. I thought your community's been pretty resistant so far, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, well, it's been good. It's just that Telstra, which is the main telco company putting it in, they're just very sneaky. Yeah, okay. So what have they done then that's sneaky? They put it on private property, didn't they? Well, it's not actually on private property. We thought it was, but it's not. When we looked into it and we went to investigate, it's it's on, uh, it's on all privately owned by three separate companies. So uh, three towers on, with three separate companies owning them right next to each other. Okay. So it's yeah different than what we originally thought, but there are towers that are on public, uh, private property, and the ones that have been on private property have actually been successfully opposed in other parts of the region. Right. Okay. All right. So what's going to happen then with the ones that are owned by corporations? Because that's going to be more complex, isn't it? Yeah, we're looking at a few different angles. We're looking at you know public kind of uh, just. Yeah, we're not happy about it, that kind of thing, because that has weight. There has to be enough people, though, so we've got to get that going. That's a public campaign. And then we've got a legal angle on it, which is one that I can't talk about because it's it's because it's it's done in the um, in the traditional legal sense, not us forming an agreement with them. Then it's just the people there's people involved that can't be. It's all, you know, the standard legal. Yeah. Hush, hush time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, right. it's all it takes is is some winds here and there for it to gather some momentum and gather some speed because it will fall down. It has to. It, it can't resist everything yeah. that's coming for it. Yeah, well, that's right. And the other thing is, I mean, that that's correct when it comes from having enough public 
rallying behind the cause. Yeah. So that's the make or break. If there's 20 people hanging around with signs and stuff, it's not yeah. going to happen. But we need a good percentage, more than half of the, the town yeah. needs to say no to it. And then so that's why we're getting core flutes and things made up and uh, distributed around the whole town. Yeah. Uh, we got, I think, 10,000 of them being printed up, which is uh, those big cardboard, um, you know, core flute things that's, yeah. that go on a stick and yeah. you can put them on your gate or your fence or your driveway or yeah. on your car or I guess even wherever, just to get that in the public consciousness. Because if it's not there all of the time in people's, yeah. you know, field, then they're not really paying attention. It's just too easy to let it slide because you can't see the towers all the time. It's just emitting, it's, it's a... It's an invisible That's right. threat, you know. Yeah. So if, if, if it's they, not there all the time in your field of vision, for example, you just can tend to forget about it. And yeah. so that's why we need – that's how we're tackling it anyway. That's cool. That's cool. One of the most powerful things I've ever seen for showing someone what's actually going on is to get one of those meters that makes the sound when you're near one of the Wi-Fi towers or near like a Wi-Fi in a house or anything. Yeah. And they make that yeah. awful buzzing and clicking and people don't realize just what, what an invasion that is on, the, on their body. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, we could even drive, you know how they used to drive around in cars with megaphones and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like broadcasting, you could yeah. do that. You could have that driving around. And when you go through certain parts of town, it's making that awful, uh, yeah. you know, buzzing kind of yeah. radioactive noise. And yeah, yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty interesting. Anything to get it in people's awareness. That That's all it needs is because most people are, they're in this cocoon of blissful unawareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's bizarre. I've noticed that more recently as well. People seem to be a lot more shut down than they were before, and I don't quite know what's going on. Yeah, well, being I mean, when people are being put through the wash, yeah, being locked down several times and whatever, yeah, uh, they tend to be a bit beaten down and trodden, whatever the term is for that. Yeah, and so they they kind of I think start to acquiesce a lot more easily and just forget about it. You know, it's too much for people to just keep concentrating on what is going on. So I think that they, um, they get a bit soft around it. So yeah. not everybody, obviously, but I think that might be one of the reasons that people aren't really paying attention to the things that are going on. Uh, they never really saw the sleight of hand. They only saw what was being presented, took that to be the thing. And then when you present them with, no, this is what's going on behind the scenes. All those things were distractions yep. to keep you from seeing what was being implemented while that was all going on. Yeah. Then the, by that time, they just laugh. Nah. <laughs> no, no, I've already seen enough. Don't want to see anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did a, a video about that um, yesterday. It was a pal of mine who's a he's a licensed NLP practitioner. Uh, he's a trained hypnotherapist, and he's also got thirty five years in IT. And he'd written a reply to one of his friends that he said, "You can read that out if you want." And it was just so on point about how you control people. It was just, it was really good. I really enjoyed reading it. Although it took me hours to get yeah. it. Fifteen minutes must have taken me five hours to put it together. But it, yeah, was, right. it was really, really insightful, I think, for people to realize just what's going on. For the ones who, you know, that are open to that, a lot of people just go, ah, not interested. Yeah, yeah, which is fine too. Yeah, of course it's it is, more yeah. just, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've got, we're doing, we've got some great things coming from it. We've got groups that have got together to learn new skills. We've got groups that have come together to want to get some land together okay. and yep. Just so many good things coming coming from it. So, well, I do think um, this is a big catalyst, Tom. I don't. I don't think. I mean, it's 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 an awful thing and it's a bad thing. But at the same time, it's a necessary catalyst for change because no one's going to change without it. And you know, a lot of people I think could get hurt and harmed by it and possibly permanently. 
But at the same time, I think there'll be plenty of people that get an incredible life out of the back of this because of the changes that they just think, you know, I'm going to have to do this and they'll get on with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I'm the same. I feel that it's a catalyst and it's a, it's a gift in itself. Yeah. You know, it's not good that some people lost businesses and some people lost lives because of yeah. the, um, you know, not from some supposed virus, but from the uh, the fallout of having lost livelihood or yeah. whatever it was. And so, uh, yeah, but at the same time, you know, that's just if you manage to kind of switch on to what the possibilities were or are as a result, then those people have really, you know, had a quite a, a significant gain from it as, mm-hmm. insofar as getting very clear on their their life, you know, and what direction they want to take with it. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to someone the other day. I said, you know, it's it's certainly in my life it's been been the uh the case that I get more out of knowing what I don't want. That gives me a much better direction of what I do want to go for. You know, so I said a lot yeah, of this negative what... serves a massive purpose. It does. Yeah. That's what Paul Jack says. He says when he's talking about getting honing in on your dream, if you don't know what your dream is, just figure out what your nightmare is and then go in the opposite direction of that. Eventually (laughs) you'll hone in on what the dream is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good strategy. Yeah. It's even down to simple things. If you don't know what you want to do, figure out what you don't want to do and you'll soon get some choices from that. Yeah. 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 Cause it solidifies what your core values are. So if you're not really clear on that, it can be difficult to figure out, what you don't want and what you do want. But if your core values are clear, once you've got those solidified, then it's very easy to, uh, you know, make decisions daily because you can just ask yourself, is this in alignment with my core values or not? Yeah. If you're confused about something and it can make it really clear. Yeah, no, it's absolutely right. And I think that is happening more and more with people. They are the ones who are questioning this are getting much more clarity about themselves. And I, I said to someone the other day, I said, you know, a lot of people think that, oh my good, look how terrible things have got. Things have been like that for a long time. But the play was a bit better orchestrated. It seems to be now that the people that we're in the theatre watching the play, and a lot of us now can see behind the scenes and go, the hell's going on back there then? It's always been going on, but now because they're getting a bit careless and maybe you know as our frequency changes, you can see more through the veil that was put there. And it just, it, I said it's been there for a long time, but now you're aware of it. So don't be scared of it. Just look at it and learn to deal with it and crack on. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. It was always there. So if, if it wasn't any harm to them before, it's not really any harm to them now just because they're aware yeah. of it. It's like when people freak out, if they think there's a spider on the wall or something, and then you tell them it's gone, but it's still there, and they just go, okay, now I can relax, but the spider's still there. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, that's uh, yeah, <laughs> familiar with that. Oh, look, it's come back again. <laughs> yeah. It's like an on-off switch. <laughs> <laughs> The um the subject of greenwashing, I hadn't heard that phrase before and I heard it in one of your talks the other day. I wonder whether you might head off in that direction and we'll see where we go with that. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. Okay, sure, yeah. Well, greenwashing is essentially... 
giving people the idea that the environment is under threat mm-hmm. or that or whatever it is, pollution, uh, you know, environmental degradation, uh, animal livelihood, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when you put that information out and then sell people on what the problem is and then sell them the solution so that there's a lot of monetary gain, then that's essentially what the greenwashing is. It's selling people environmentally friendly solutions that are absolutely not environmentally friendly at all. Yeah. So hence, you know, brainwashing, greenwashing, that kind of okay. thing. That's really and cool. so, yeah, there's a lot of it from, uh, it's a very commercialized industry being environmentally friendly. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of money in it, like very, very big money. So uh, a lot of the solutions for energy, for example, to things that are recyclable or things that are biodegradable, yeah. uh, things that have like zero carbon footprint. And then that's just the commercial consumer side. And then you've got the, the other side, which is the global warming, climate change, and uh, yeah, you got those big propaganda pieces made by Al Gore, like Inconvenient Truth and things like that. You've yeah. got there's a lot that has gone into the mainstream mind yeah. about caring for the environment, and the reason it works so well, like any well-formed psychological operation, is that it preys on people's good nature. Because people want that to be the case. They want to use biodegradable products. They want something to be carbon neutral. They Mm -hmm. want something to be recyclable so that they can still consume, but it doesn't have the degradation or the negative effects. Mm -hmm. Problem being that they haven't got out of the habit that's causing the the, uh, problem, which is the consumption. But they're sold on the idea that they can still have their cake and eat it. And it's not very fair because then they've got they think that they're doing the right thing by you know putting money into some of these other causes or companies Mm -hmm. or buying into a narrative and um but they're really you know probably doing more harm than good or at least the same amount of harm as before it's just packaged differently so that's what the greenwashing is okay yeah so same shit different day then basically yep (laughs) (laughs) it i mean the, the whole it's a funny thing that whole green thing because it, it, it relies and plays the same as the medical stuff on people's ignorance to scratch below the surface. If they just dig a little bit and ask some questions, again, the scam reveals itself because it's pretty much the same players in the background again. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely, it's all run by the same people. It's all, uh, you know, I, I used to think this when I was sort of 12, I'd figured out that uh, we have two major competing supermarkets, for example, in our country. Mm-hmm. One's called Coles, one's called Woolworths. It's like a Tesco or a whatever, you know, that kind of Sainsbury's thing. Sainsbury's is the other big one, yeah. Yeah, Sainsbury's, yeah. So um, so when I was that age, I thought, you know what? It seems like there's people that always go to that one and people that always go to that one. And they have this thing about one's not as good as the other or one's better for these reasons. And I was like, well, it's the same thing. So why wouldn't you just, if you were the one, why wouldn't, it, it seems like the same guy would own both, right? Mm-hmm. Because then you don't get 50 or 60% of market share, you get 100% of market share. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if one store does 10 or 20% better than the other, mm-hmm. you got 100% market share if you own both. Mm-hmm. And then that then became, later on, I started to look into, you know, politics and things like that. Oh, should mm-hmm. I get into this? As I was starting to get towards 18. And, I, and then, I, then I figured out that they were, well, I was, you know, I dug and found out, I didn't figure it out for myself, mm-hmm. that they're, all the political parties are owned by the same corporate interests so they're just like different <laughs> yeah. sides of the same coin or yeah. two wings of the same bird that kind of thing there it's all just all oh, right it's all the same thing they just 
package it differently. Yeah. And but it's owned by the same companies, same monetary interest, same monetary flow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's the same thing. It's you know, toothpaste. There's probably what two manufacturers and fifty brands. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and people think they have choice. They haven't got choice. It's a, it's a perception of choice you've been given to keep you buying and consuming, which actually yeah. leads on to your threads documentary and mm -hmm. consequences, really. And I would like to explore that some more. Um, and I'll, I'll give you a private message of some things I think that I might be able to help with with some of my skills, okay. which probably won't be content creation. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But the um, so certainly consequence. I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, whatever it is, widget, gadget, pencil, whatever, they think they might be doing good, but they don't really know where it comes from. And when they start to dig into that, like if they knew what went into the manufacture of the components and the sourcing of the raw materials for their mobile phone, I think many people wouldn't actually pick a phone up again. Yeah, that's right. And that's why I see a lot of people are talking at the moment. Have you heard about clear phones? No. So they're running on a so they're essentially an encrypted phone mm -hmm. and the technology sounds great. Like the, the, the um, reasons behind setting up the company seem very, very good, but they're assembling them. They're not made in China, but they're, you know, made in a lot of Asian countries, the parts and it's all assembled in China mm -hmm. and it's all, um, it's still running down the same thing. Like the raw materials are all the same. If there's been slavery or child labor put into mining some of the raw materials, mm -hmm. which are, you know, I forget what they are, cobalt or whatever, some some things that the processors need to run on. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's no different. It's just packaged differently. Yeah. And the, the way to sell it is that, hey, it's encrypted so that Google doesn't get all your backend stuff. But at the same time, it's the same mining process, same manufacturing process, same distribution process, yeah. which is doing all the harm already. So it just appears to be a step in the right direction. Yeah. But for me, you know, I hear it and I go, that sounds amazing. And then I go, but I want to find out where it's assembled and where the parts yeah. come from. Then I go, well, I can't buy it because it's the same thing as the rest of the phones. And I will yeah. refuse to buy a phone. You know, it's, um, we've had this discussion before, you, you know, I just, I'll, I get secondhand ones that are many years old, that yeah. still perform the functions that I need them to perform. Yeah. And I'm on my way to getting, uh, to having no phone, like, you know, yeah. like yourself, you got one of those brick ones, right? You got yeah. like a, I've got, a, this is actually the camera up here. That's an old iPhone. That I've yeah, just repurposed right. to act as a better webcam because the other one was crap. Yeah. But no, you're absolutely right. It would be ideal. And I, I find a lot of times now I even leave the phone home and just go out for the day and don't have a phone, which which was a big step because I was so hooked into that game. But it's great when you don't have yeah, it. Okay. You have to think differently about things. You can't mess around. You can't be late because you can't get hold of anybody. Yeah. It really changes everything back to the way it used to be. Yeah, I, I never got into the phone. I was really reluctant. I was 25 when I got a first phone as a gift and I was like, oh, I don't want one of these. Like, why yeah. do I want that? Yeah. And uh, I'm one of those people that's always left their phones not yeah. on them, you know. And yeah. uh, actually Bill Burr, comedian's got a bit where he just says, you know, I remember what it was like when you were a kid and you're just like run out of the door into the woods and you don't come back until it's dinner. And he says, I challenge you to do that as an adult, you know, <laughs> leave the house without your keys, your phone, your credit card, all these things. He said, you'll get like hundred meters down the street and start having heart palpitation. Oh my God, how do I function without all this stuff? But, uh, yep. that's typical of an adult. You, I, I do think that most people, if they left their home without their keys, wallet and phone, they'd be uh, in a bit of a panic. And oh, yeah. it's, it's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same. I, I, I do goofy stuff. Like I go for a walk in the woods and I'll take like things I don't need with me. And I don't know why, but that's, I've always been odd that way. But every once in a while I need it. 
And then I think that justifies it. Once years ago, we went to, uh, when I was doing the corporate thing, I took my kids and my wife to uh, Lapland to see Santa Claus, which knowing what I know now, I probably never would have done that again. Um, And we ended up going snowmobiling. And for some reason, I thought, I need to take this multi-tool and this torch with me. And it was ridiculous because it was minus it was minus 40 centigrade, so it was cold, and I wanted to go and see the Northern Lights, so I paid big money to go on these snowmobiles and we're riding out into a blizzard, and then the guy behind me crashed into me and disabled both of them. So yeah. I then had to spend about 45 minutes with a torch in my mouth, which was cold, trying to work out. It was a good thing I had the multi-tool, and then he had some cigarettes, so I could actually use his um, the tin, the metal kind of wrapping thing to redo yeah. some of the wiring that he'd broken. But yeah, oh, so wow. That was really cool, but it was and it was weird as well because we we're riding across this frozen. Well, it was it was a, it was a lake and it was really deep in snow. And the guy said, "Don't drop below 100 kilometers an hour because you'll sink." So you're actually riding through snow like that, bouncing up and down. It was really good fun, but I never got to see the Northern Lights because of the damn storm. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it was a good thing <laughs> I had the multi tool with me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you sound like a MacGyver or something. <laughs> just, just fixing stuff out of random materials. I, I do. Yeah, I've always been able to do that. I had a um, I had a I broke a. What was it now? An accelerator cable in a car once when I was in London. So I get out of the car and I always assume that whatever I need will be nearby when things happen. So I start rooting around in the ground, looking in bins and stuff, and I found a length of string. So it's when they used to have like cable instead of fly-by wire they've got now. Yeah. So I was able to tie that to the throttle body and then tie it to another part of the body and then run it through the window. And actually you could shut the window and use it like a cruise control on the drive home. So that lasted <laughs> 200 miles getting me home. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> But yeah, I like fixing things. But I think if people paid more attention to consequences and actually just worked it back, because they're all, they're all, you, you gave an example about the, the ships running into whales and stuff. But it's the very act of consuming the stuff that causes the need for the ship to be bringing the stuff here. If they stop there, then the consequence yeah. would go away. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we have so many resources in this country and <laughs> so much ability. There's no reason we can't make all the stuff here. It's just that we run on this economies of scale system. Yeah with uh, international trade and all that. And it's just, you know, the amount of stuff that comes in on those shipping containers is ridiculous. And uh, you see them sometimes from the shore and you look out and you just go, what the hell's that? Like, it's just, it's so big. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, remember when you, you're a kid and you watch Star Wars and the opening scene is just that ship flying over the top and yeah. it just doesn't stop. It's yeah. like the scale of it is so grand and yeah. it's like something that size. It's, yeah, just like mowing down whales and that out in the ocean, and the people that are trying to do all their environmental bullshittery, which is you know, oh, follow my thing, and they're all like influencers and all that, and just yeah. making a lot of money out of their whole uh, sustainability thing, and they're just everything they're doing is coming in on those things. It's like uh, it's, it just boggles my mind as to how they just fly around on their own sense of grandiosity while they're actually creating the problem in the first place, or at least not doing anything about the real problem. They're just like doing this fancy marketing stuff to make them seem a certain way and get a lot of attention and money and stuff while they're doing it. And uh, yeah, all it takes is just not ordering in all this stuff that's coming in on the cargo ships and the whales would be fine. Yeah, (laughs) uh, absolutely right. It's the same with the food too. If you started growing stuff locally, you wouldn't need to be buying it from the supermarkets. You wouldn't need to have all the stuff shipped around. And you'd actually be in yeah. better shape because you'd be getting local knowledge off the food you're eating as opposed to something that came in from half the planet away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, all the stuff that, I mean, a lot of the stuff is things uh, things like electrical and furniture and things like that that's all made over overseas, like Ikea stuff and Chinese-made stuff and, uh, 
you know, all the electronics, people's TVs, they need three TVs in a house. And it's just, you know, all that stuff is just <laughs> yeah. not, not necessary in the first place, let alone, uh, yeah. you know, making it in this country or not. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. It's, it's all very strange. And that's what your, your thread thing is going to be about, isn't it? Yeah, it's, but it is literally looking at what you've got in front of you, what you've got in your hands, or even an idea that you might hold in your mind, and then where that actually comes from. So what's the actual origin of that? And then along the way, what's happening, for example, you know, uh, you've got a 60 inch television or you've got all your, your so-called sustainable environmental stuff that you're using. Mm -hmm. And where's that actually coming from? So it's like, okay, well, it's not made here. Where's it made from? Yeah. Or where's it made in? And so, okay, it's made in India or it's made in China. Okay. And so how is that made? Well, it's, you know, these are the people that do it and this is the process. Okay. And then what do they use? Well, this is the material. Well, where did that come from? Well, that came from like, you know, Australia, even, <laughs> you know, they do, they mine our country, take it to China, build stuff with it, and then ship stuff to Australia. Yeah. And, uh, and so then it's looking at the, what happens on that process. Well, it goes on a massive shipping container that weighs was the size of like a country almost. Mm -hmm. And then what's the, what's the fallout of that? You know, what's, what's happening along the way. Yeah. And if it's just an idea in your head, well, I believe in climate change or something. So then it's like, okay, well, where does that idea come from? Yeah. And then it's following that vaccine, same thing. Where does it come from? Yeah. And then, um, did I just cut out then or was my audio all right? You cut out. Yeah. And you moved as well. Yeah, I can see it's uh, the <laughs> camera just changed. Can't change the angle. I think we're having one of those uh, good old Zoom. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but as long as, as long as you can hear me, all right, that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's we're all good. It's you'll know if the audio goes. It'll just sound really strange. Loads of feedback, echoes, and all sorts. Yeah, what, okay, what's right. strange for me is I can't hear it when I play the recording back. It's like what the hell's that? It's really strange. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I can't. I can't hear anything different. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, it's just the idea. Where does the idea come from? And then yeah. what's the result of that idea? What thoughts and actions and what are the consequences of those actions yeah. occur because of that thought process? So that's like the thread, you know, yeah. because there's a lot of things that get for it with the climate change thing, for example, a lot of what's going to happen with that is it's inviting the UN to come in and take over yeah. more rights from the individual and more land in people's countries mm -hmm. to put into this, the world, the global, the globalist elite agenda. Yeah. And so people don't really realize that until they can see how that works. Well, if you believe in this carbon offsetting this, that, and the other, then you're looking at, uh, you know, what's, what's the result of that? What yeah. does that equal? Well, it equals more control for a government, less for the individual. Mm -hmm. And what does that lead to? And it's just, you know, and the genius of that is it preys on people's desire to protect the environment Yeah, because people have a genuine desire to do that. But rather than actually just do that, they're like, well, yeah, you do it. Yeah. You know, the government should do it. The government should put in these new <laughs> rules and the government should regulate things. And people have been suggesting that the next lockdowns are going to be climate change lockdowns because apparently, and they did it in The Simpsons, the movie. They dropped the dome over Springfield because it was polluting too much. So they dropped the dome over it, locked them in, so they couldn't pollute the rest of the country, or they could they they could had to stop polluting. It's like they they definitely tell people what. It's so I don't see that as a far off idea that there will be climate yeah. lockdowns yeah. after all these oh, yeah. coronavirus lockdowns. Well, they got they got to keep they got to keep rolling out whatever boogeyman they can in order to keep pushing their agenda forwards. Yeah. Until people get yeah. really tired of it. And then if enough people turn around and say, uh, you can take this how you want, fuck off, I'm not playing anymore. 
then, you know, the game will change somewhat. Yeah. 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 It's funny though, because uh, a lot of people are just going to get tired as well. Yeah. And so when you've been locked down so many times, they just go, oh, this is our, we're just locked down again. I'm just going to you know, <laughs> buy more movies, buy another TV. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Eat more food, get sicker, get fatter. Yeah. Strange thing with me was I lost weight during the lockdown, which I thought was interesting. A lot of my friends put a lot of weight on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you probably didn't lock yourself down though, did you? Nope. Never been locked down. I, I've never not yeah. done whatever I want to do. It's just yeah. been more difficult because more often than not, I've had to do it on my own because no one else had come out to play. But yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've traveled around, done my thing, had discussions with the various police officers that wanted to have discussions with me, which always ends in my favor because... In my experience, they're not very bright. And once you get past their one or two levels of their NLP training that they know, they don't know what to do next and they get stuck. And then you yeah. can, you know, you can have all sorts of fun with them because they're, you know, they're just confused people in the end of it. So it can be quite amusing depending on how you want to play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Same here. A lot of us, uh, difference is between here and our town and other places around the world is that a lot of us were doing things together. <laughs> yeah. we, there was a lot of people that didn't, buy, did, didn't bother locking themselves down or anything like that. We had a very minor one, I, I think in relation to, you know, other places, but yeah. um, we we're still doing everything together. Yeah. I mean, technically we're still locked down. Apparently I heard someone said the other day, you can go five, five miles from your house. And I'm thinking I was 170 miles from my house the other day. So that's not going to help. Is it? <laughs> five miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. You can go, what is it now? You can go five miles, I think. They they put signs up because I live right near the the border between two counties, and yeah, they've they've got the signs up. They're hysterical as you, as you drive over the hill in the middle of like the edge of a forest, and there's a sign saying you know new COVID regulations apply. Like you know, the the made up thing knows not to cross the line of the forest. It's mm-hmm. just it's mind boggling. But you see people doing stuff, and I've seen people turn around, and I think it's much more interesting to go out at night and take the signs down so they're not cluttering the place up. <laughs> yeah, <I like> it. <laughs> or my trusty sharpie which uh i was out walking a while back and they had a picture um basically saying you couldn't walk in the woods because of covid restrictions so mm-hmm. you can write all sorts of really good messages with these on them asking for proof of claim yeah. and you know just giving alternate instructions to people as, good. as we should yeah <laughs> yeah definitely yeah we did that we took a few signs down yeah. uh I don't remember changing any. I think some people did though. They they wrote over signs and stuff. Mostly just we took signs down. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, it, it was. I remember going on a. I was filming. I was doing a job. I was filming somebody walking through a forest for the documentary. Hmm. And uh, there was an older. I wouldn't say old old, but an older woman who was on the path because there was signs saying you know keep your distance and whatever. And she just did the most obvious wide berth. Yep. As in, like, it, it just—it was so strange the way she she did it. It yeah. was like somebody was, um, yeah, the, the way people react when something extremely off-putting or dangerous or whatever. Yeah. Almost like there was a precipice that she do, she shouldn't go near in case she fell over. Yeah. And she was, you know, made her way around us just, and we were just, what are you doing? You know, this yeah. is. And so after that, we went and took the signs down, and um, in the hope that that would. Yeah, change people's perceptions. <laughs> yeah, well, we have a, a sign near us now. Um, I, where I live in Wales, there's a lot of sheep, and it's got a picture, and it's got a picture of the sheep saying that you need to keep two sheep lengths apart. But it's obviously <laughs> the, the real implication is that we're sheep, and uh, yeah. it's it's just cute. And I was out yesterday picking another bed up. Uh, we just fixed one of the rooms up in the house, 
and we picked a bed up from the guy and he's, he's out, he literally is out in the middle of nowhere. It was probably a good half mile between the houses, which is pretty thin housing for us over here. And I got there and he walked out of the house and it's blowing pretty hard and it's cold out. And he said, where's your mask? I said, well, I don't wear one. But he's putting his mask on, which I thought was kind of bizarre. And I went to shake his hand, he backed up, he said, no, you have to keep your distance. I said, well, that's going to be difficult getting the bed out of your storage and putting it in my car, isn't it? And he said, well, you have to keep your distance, you're not wearing a mask. I said, well, I'll tell you what we can do. I'll get back in the car and you can put the box in the car for me because I ain't going to help you if you're going to behave like that. So yeah. he did. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> well, that's a good outcome anyway. Well, it was fine, yeah. That was, I mean, I ended up having to get out because the box was too big. I had to stick it on the top of the car, which was a whole other experience driving home, but there you go. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, people are just choosing that, no. that kind of reality. It's the same around here. People put it on. Um, so we've got, you know, the various ma- online marketplaces where you can sell your secondhand goods and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, there's the options that they're actually like willingly giving people, which is the uh, seller prefers contactless trade or whatever, that kind of thing. And anybody that has that, we're just not buying from. If anybody yep. says that they would prefer contactless trade, we just don't. Yeah. We just uh, boycott those people. Yeah. I've, um, I think I mentioned I've, I've changed. I was one of the reasons I changed the audio recording software. I was using Audacity, which is good, but I've been using it for about five weeks and I'm kind of banging at the edge of what I can do with it. And mm-hmm. I want to make an updatable audiobook version of my book as well. And okay. I looked at that with Audacity and I thought, I don't even know how you can do that logistically because it doesn't do the things I need to do. So I did some digging around. I thought, well, Reaper will do it. Now, Reaper is a really interesting piece of software for music, but it's also good for recording audiobooks and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, their software is it's $60 if you're a small business and you get 60 days to evaluate it. The problem I've got is at the top of their website, where it's right on the evaluation thing, it says, be safe and please wear a mask, and then links back to the CDC. Yeah, right. So I was like, hmm. And I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and he said, we well, should write to him. So I did. <laughs> and said, you know, the yeah, software okay. looks amazing. This is what I want to do with it. I couldn't do it with Audacity. The training videos, are, you know, they're absolutely first rate. I think it's great. I do have some influence. I'd like to talk about your product. The only problem is... I don't want to associate myself or buy from a company that knowingly causes people harm. In case you don't know what that's about, then I sent them some bunch of documents and reference links, and I said, would you care to comment on that as to, you know, your training, um, the kind of things that made you want to do that and why that's relevant to your software sales and how it helps your software sales and how comfortable are you about the fact that you're actually going to be injuring people by making these recommendations. And if you'll take it down, I'll pay you straight away. So we'll see what comes back. And I think right. I think we so all. You need... haven't had a reply yet. No, I sent it last night late, so I I, I doubt okay, right. I'll get a reply. To be fair, I think they wonder what to do with it. They'll just ignore it. It'll go into yeah. bin in the corner. But I was I was talking yeah. to my friend, and I said I think it's really important at this stage that we voice our displeasure in a nice way at mm. everything where we think they are taking the piss, they're being stupid, they're being wrong. Because if we don't do that, Tom, then we're actually accepting it, tacit agreement of it. And then we're complicit with it. And I think it's time that the ones of us that can do that more and more often, I'm going to start pulling people up and saying, look, I need to talk to you about this because this is wrong. And here's why, Yeah. you know, and then obviously I'll do it with questions. We've done that with businesses here as well. Is it anybody that's overly, you know, it's fine that they want to put up a sign saying you have to scan in or you have to do whatever. Here's hand sanitizer at the front, Mm -hmm. but it's fine if they just put it there and leave it. 
they never say anything about it. They never try to enforce it. That's fine. Yep. But if they start trying to enforce stuff, then we tell them what the law actually is around that yeah. and that they can be fined or go to jail for trying to enforce that. Yeah. And if they are very, uh, you know, pushy with that, then we boycott their business. Yeah. It's, it's, I think more of that needs to happen because they are in many ways between a rock and a hard place, some of them, because they think they can't stay open because of it and they're being turned into the enforcers. But there are a bunch of them that are just going nuts with it and getting really crazy yeah. with it. Because they believe in it. That's right. Yeah. So that's the issue. <laughs> well, it is, yeah. And that, that, that we covered that in, the, uh, in that uh, email that I read out yesterday talking about um, fear-based mind control, really. And it, it's, it's extraordinarily powerful. Anyway, um, if people want to find out more about your Threads documentary and what they can do to help, should I refer them back to your video that I saw the other day when you were talking about it? Yeah, yeah, that, that video, that's, um, there's an email for it, which is threadsdoco at gmail.com. Uh, but the video explains a bit more about yeah. Yeah, the process, how to get involved and what's what I'm trying to achieve with it. So yeah. we've got a few people on board already doing various topics and um, still it's a, it's turning into something bigger than I originally intended, which mm -hmm. is great because it's I can really only put five to ten good quality threads in the one doco. If it goes for too long, people don't watch it. Yeah. So what that means is that leaves room for doing a threads two, a threads three, a threads yeah. four, that kind of thing. So yeah. We can have plenty of material come in. What doesn't get used and cut into the first one will get cut into the next one. Yeah. And also what I figure it's going to do is become like a TED Talks kind of a operation yeah. because that allows a lot of people with more than you can put into a documentary, but it allows people a platform to present their ideas, yes. uh, but based on an actual thread. So not just their ideas, like, I think this, it's like gotta be, you gotta be able to show it in the thread. So it's not like, yeah, yeah. but I, I think you're wrong because you can't argue if you can show the, the actual here, this is how it's produced. This is how it's done this. This is what this thought process leads to. You can show that rather than just presenting your idea of how things work. Yeah. And so therefore, because you can't argue with it, it's, it's a very good way to present information. Yeah. And the difference is though that TED talks are very compromised. I remember when they first started out, I think they were pretty good. But yes. then I remember people were talking about things that the establishment didn't like and they got censored. And as soon as I heard they were censoring stuff, I was like, well, that, they're all part of the uh, yeah. the agenda. So uh, yeah. I've never listened or watched listened to or watched a TED talk for about 10 years or something because yeah. they, I just knew it was a compromised platform. Yeah. The difference being is with the, the threads, I think it'll give people a platform that is not part of that mainstream censored kind of, a, you know, a very controlled information that's going out. Yeah. And therefore I think it's, it's a power to the people enterprise yeah. because uh, you know, what doesn't go into a documentary can just go onto the threads channel. I will have a, eventually it'll become a podcast and a video uh, like a streaming site slash youtube kind of a thing yeah and uh yeah so you can just there'll be a compilation of all these different threads in different categories that people can contribute to so the more people that want to get involved the better because it's just literally going to provide a platform for people to be able to put together their own creativity or the ideas and work with other people on yeah. a similar topic and put it together as a group that no, i think that would do really well i um i was talking to uh, my my girlfriend helen 
And she said, you really want to start getting stories off people that have taken charge of their own health. You, you know, you, you help a lot of people. I've helped a fair number of people as well. And so I did a, a short video the other day, about three minutes long, saying I'd like to tell your story. And there's been a huge response to that. And I've had some nice. really interesting discussions because what I figure is I don't see how it can fall foul of any kind of censorship because we're not saying anything bad about anything. I'm just telling someone who's telling their story through me. Yeah. You know, and they might be saying some one guy, uh, Justin, who recovered from psychiatry and took him off all the drugs and figured out what nutritional deficiencies he had. Um, he just wanted to do it by email. So I pieced that together and then just I made an email and just kind of read the thing out like a podcast. I did another one today with a guy called Tony. Um, he was a, a Virgin Atlantic pilot and had a heart attack after a flight and he thought he was healthy and all his uh, six monthly medical checks as a pilot he had said he was all right. Um, yeah. and he got progressively worse and couldn't recover from his sports and things he was doing. And he worked out that it was the statins and the other things they'd put him on. And so he's, uh, he's an academic as well, did a lot of research and he's put himself back together again to the point where he now said he qualified for the British Ironman team. Nice. And he's not a youngster. <laughs> And it was it was just really interesting listening to him. And I've, I've, there's so many stories of people that have reached out and said, yeah, I'd love to tell my story to help other people. And I think the documentary thing with you will do the same thing because people really want to share what they've noticed. And people want to help. That's one thing that a lot of people have said, I, I want to contribute back. I want to give something back to help this cause. And I think you'll find exactly the same thing. People will really appreciate being done. And actually, one of the things I was going to talk to you about was there's plenty of people out there that don't really understand some basic principles about it, how to create great, reasonable content, even if it's just down to sound, lighting, and camera positioning. And maybe that's something I could help just jot some stuff down so people have got or create something and say, look, just follow these three or four different steps and you'll take it to the point where it's very watchable and very easy to digest. And, and you don't yeah. have to do crazy stuff with it. Just do a certain little things and you're away. Yeah, that's, that's really good too. Because that's where a lot of people are moving towards. There's a heap of... Uh, information on YouTube about that as well. But it's, I, I think it's kind of, you know, when it comes from somebody that's already doing something that they align with, then it's a lot better for yeah. them to be able yeah. to digest that way. But I really like that concept too. I'd like to tell you a story because yeah. that's already, that's an engaging yep. line to hear from the outset and you go, okay, I want to listen. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> I like it's, that. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's a good thing. I think I've got, I mean, it's been crazy. I've had three, three today before you and I've got one tomorrow and another one in the afternoon and some of the weekend. And I've said to people, look, I'm not going to take all the stories. I can't, but I'll take certain ones and we'll do something with them that we can. Um, mm -hmm. But it, the, the idea that people can contribute back and get their story told, a lot of people, they'd love to do it, but they, they, there's no voice. They haven't got a voice and no one will listen to them. They think, and they don't realize how important their voice is. You know, if you get someone that's figured out how to fix the vax injury they've had for years just by doing some digging like you did and figure stuff out it, it just empowers other people that think well maybe i can figure this out too and that's all we really want to do is get people thinking for themselves and doing something for themselves and before they know it they're no longer reliant on the system the system wants you to think that you need it but because it's a complete inversion it actually needs you for everything it needs your energy in any shape or form it can get be it captured in money, because that's all money is. It's a representation of a capture of your energy. And I was talking to a guy the other day, and he said, you're talking rubbish. And I said, well, explain to me why you put all these hours in and do all these crazy fucking things you do to get bits of plastic in your pocket that you can go to take the shop and give someone else. It's not worth anything. And he looked stumped by that.
So I, I, yeah. I think, <laughs> well, it's what it is, isn't it? In yeah. fact, it's even worse than that because now it's just credits that appear on your phone screen or your computer screen, for God's sake. Mm. And what happens when they turn that off? What happens to all your hard-earned energy then? They've captured it. You've got nothing for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, uh, I've said that myself as well for a long time. Is it is a capture of energy. So it's, uh, it's interesting because we still use it, but you can reframe how, that's, uh, how that happens and whether your energy is captured or not. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, I did live without it for a, a while and yeah. there's a lot of limitations to that. Yeah. And uh, but it's, I think it's, it's like anything. You can use things and not have it entrap you. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, like it, that means generally not having as much of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, it's, it, you know, I'm not really... The only thing that I, I really think would be good is if I had more money is that I could actually, you know, put it into something like an educational institution or... Yeah you know, some farmland or something that I would like to do that would require a, quite a decent amount of money, which I don't have, yeah. I don't have, or currently have the ability to acquire. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not unhappy or anything like that. So it's just, a, it's just like a, one of those things, you could always have something extra, but is it worth the energy that would be captured in the pursuit of that thing? Yeah. So at the moment, I've got everything I need, basically. Yeah, yeah same as me. And I don't, I don't really focus on it anymore. It just, it, it does its thing. I focus on creating solutions and helping people and the money comes in of its own accord. I never, the, when I used to chase it, it was just exhausting. And now it just, it trickles in as we need it. You know, if you need more mm-hmm. stuff and you think about things, things happen and things turn up and it's, oh, it's really interesting. But yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely, it's an energy capture and it is all about stealing your energy because it needs your energy. And if people just realize that, if they withdraw their energy and their attention that in itself causes, you know, some of this kind of grip that's around you, it starts to loosen itself off. And it's not hard to do. It's frightening to do if you're totally engrossed in it, but it's not hard to do. Yeah, that's right. It takes a bit of faith too. It's like a, if you don't have that connection to something greater than yourself, very hard to do. If you've got a greater connection, yeah. then it's a lot easier. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Is there anything else you would like to talk about, my friend? Uh, well, you know, there's, I think it's things are changing pretty quick. And a lot of people seem to have a lot of questions coming up at the moment, you know, with regards to things like, you know, 5G, and they, they want to know what we're doing here. Because, yeah. you know, as you said, it's could be a bit of a, um, could be a bit of difference, make a difference for somewhere else. But realistically, the only thing that we're doing that's different here than anywhere else is that we do have a lot of community support. And that to me is the biggest difference well, makes the difference. It's all the difference when it comes to getting through times like this and in creating something new because the system does fragment us very, very well. And it's kind of like the enemy to the system is community. It's like they're they're the opposite ends of the spectrum. I I, I think community is absolutely the critical key to everything moving forward. Small, localized units that function as a whole and support each other because then you've got strength in that and you can defend that and well, it'll defend itself. That's right. It's I, I literally can't see people moving beyond this without forming community and getting back to community, for example, yeah. uh, is more the case, you know, because that's where we come from. So yeah. uh, it's, it's a change in mindset for a lot of people because we're very used to in society that's being created to have, very an autonomous lifestyle you have your own money you got your own phone you got your own car you've got your own mm-hmm. you know air conditioning you've got your own tv you got your own everything and yeah you hang out with people for sure you have your social groups you might have your sports groups but it's not the same thing as a community mm-hmm. because 
there's not the same reliance because you can buy same thing that money thing yeah. you can buy your way in and out of anything you like yeah so without you know it's a false sense of security because like you said what if they turn that off what if something else goes in what if they start putting in social credits and all this mm-hmm. which they plan to do so without the community to have genuine support which is where the real support comes from yeah. that stuff's just a tenuous grasp on a false reality yeah so i really can't stress that enough that the reason that we've been having more success here in our towns than other people around the world is because the community is so strong mm-hmm. in getting behind things and supporting each other and therefore the things that we're opposing uh they don't have that doesn't have the massive power over us no. uh, because we have it ourselves we can a lot of us do grow our own, own food we do uh trade with each other mm-hmm. before we'll trade with somebody else that can't provide a goods or service that we within our community provide mm-hmm. and i think that if people want to have a better way of life first and foremost and second of all to be able to get through uh you know the changes that the world's going through mm-hmm. you really have to get back to that and um and lose the idea of being such an individualist with all the power that you assume you have because of what you can buy or yeah whatever the case may be yeah well the 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 very fact that you think you're powerful it's based on the concept of money which is which is the the captured energy again isn't it yeah no it's just it's bizarre but i I think you're absolutely right I've, i've looked at loads of different models i've looked at things i've figured things out the only way i can see through this is small local communities becoming very very independent even they trade with each other it's fine but if you if you work as that it's the only way forward i was trying to have a call with michael tellinger the other day who's got the uh, the ubuntu one small town movement um but he's he's flat out busy right now and that's an interesting one because he's been working on that for 16 years down in mm-hmm. south africa um but I, I, I do think it is the only way we're going to make it through this and go. I said in a video, probably May last year, that globalization isn't the way. Localization is the only way to survive this. You've got to take everything back and create everything you need locally. Otherwise, yeah. there are big problems coming. Because if you do that, you don't need all these external systems and businesses and mega corporations that have really sat behind all these big problems. Yeah, that's right. And the, the other thing, too, is that when you mentioned that structure, the... Um it's uh, that globalization structure and the money, the money giving a false impression of security and power. It's, it's like the more you have that, the, the less real it is. For example, within a company culture, you might think that you have community there, <clears throat> yeah. but that money dries up. Where do you think that community, where do you think the people are going to go? Where's their allegiance and things? You know, it's like, it's not there. It's, mm-hmm. it's based on, getting basically not based on community yeah. and i've worked for uh royalty a few times i've seen or oh, and high-ranking ceos and things i've seen the amount of people around them and i feel sorry for them because i just say i just think to myself you know what that money that you're trickling into things that dries up where are all these people you're going to be left high and dry no not one of these people has a genuine desire to be around you yeah. it's because of the money that you're feeding and the minute that dries up yeah. they're all gone yeah. you're on your own you don't know how to fend for yourself yeah. it's like i feel really sorry for him because i'm like wow, i would not want to be in that position no. i'm so grateful to be in the position that i'm in where it's a very organic my interaction is very organic and i create my own yeah uh, yeah everything and so it with it's not all these types of community that people think they have is very false if it's based on a monetary power structure yeah. it's not a community 
yeah. the community is based on values and sharing and uh and doing things together and that's not based on money at all so yeah. if there's money involved it's like the opposite of community yeah that's what um michael tellinger's whole project was about or is about um and he was saying if you get a small a small even a town of about five thousand people and putting three hours a week each person in or each man or woman not person into community projects you would have probably a billion dollar corporation in terms of size and power and that would attract mm. loads and loads of investment but in the end the money wouldn't be necessary because it would be completely self-sustaining yeah yeah so it's an interesting yeah, i think a lot of people have had that same uh, yeah most people i know that yeah. think in terms of how to restructure society have thought yeah it, that exact thing yeah no, i tried it just would some something's got to give and the, the main thing is and i think one of the things that's really exciting is you you guys are actually demonstrating and doing it and it might be good if someone could create some content just to demonstrate more of that to show that um mm -hmm. because i hear about it in conversations with you and stuff but it may if someone had the time to do that that might be an interesting thing to do as well because people are looking for something right now i know they are i can feel it from talking to them and um, yeah, even right down to learning how to grow your own food and stuff. And there's plenty of resources out there, but I think your communities, it is interesting, very interesting what you're doing because I'm not aware of that strength of small community existing really anywhere else right now. There must be, but I'm just not aware of it. Yeah, there, there would be, absolutely. It's just that we get a bit of uh, notoriety because of the area. It's also known to be a high proportion of non-vaccinated people and um, mm -hmm. The, yeah there's a, there's a lot and it's like a very wealthy area like a lot of the elite want to buy into this area mm -hmm. um so which is weird because there's a big disparity like a lot of people are becoming homeless at the moment like all that money is pushing out the people that grew up here yeah and uh, uh or pushing them further and further out yeah. like away from the area like every every six months or so the values go up so much more that it just pushes people they can no longer afford the rent so they get another 30 kilometers west and then another 30 kilometers west yeah. in order to be able to afford to live and uh yeah so there's uh it's not good <laughs> no. not, not a good dynamic and but weirdly the community is still strong but for how long i don't know because that money coming in could actually be the thing that uh could be potentially Mm -hmm. and pull that community apart doesn't mean it will because there's always the community has to decide to stay strong and this community generally does that so yeah. we'll just see you know it's um but it, it is a good example and i agree it actually would be good to make some content to show what what we're doing with regards to that so yeah. um i'll keep that in mind if i can't do it i'm sure there's people around here that would yeah no that'd, that'd be great yeah we, we have similar things in wales it's um it's quite a big area but it's got three million people but it's probably maybe a quarter of the size of the uk something like that so it's quite yeah. spread out but the the house prices here you know a house in the street i live on that may be one hundred and ten thousand pounds now if you move that into nearer manchester it would probably be about two hundred thousand and if you put mm -hmm. it down near somewhere like alderley edge it'll probably be about seven hundred thousand you know, yeah. so and, and you haven't got the down here, you haven't got the jobs. And I'm watching the high street down here getting decimated by the idiots that are going along with all this. And it's just it's 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 sad to watch. And again, it's another example of the money is doing its thing because they will swoop in at some point and start picking up all the businesses for 10p on the pound and stuff because they can. That's what they're waiting for. It's just a massive money grab in the end. Mm -hmm. And then the people that own the businesses will end up working as staff in the businesses they once owned if they're lucky. 
Yeah. Or if the community yeah. got together and said, right, this ends now, you can clear off, we're going to put our stuff back together, then what are they going to do? Send the army in? Yeah. What are they going to do? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yep. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's just like we spoke about at the beginning. Yeah. It's literally just something that is a catalyst to draw back to what we've got to be, what yeah. we should have been doing in the first place. Yeah. I think that's the key here. It's just, it's remembering what and who we are and what we should always have been doing and got away from. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even really creating something overly new. It's just getting back to what we should always have been doing. I think so. Yeah. We, so we, yeah. we were largely led away from it and we were led away from being self-responsible, which is what we started talking about in our first conversation, four conversations yeah. back now. Um, and we've, we've keep circling the same thing because it all comes back to the same thing. If you'll simply take responsibility for your own well-being and take responsibility for looking out for the people around you, which is what the community thing's about and what can you give as opposed to what you can take, then things can start to change and they can change radically. I was talking to someone the other day, said, you know, your health, when you stop poisoning yourself and start getting the nutrition right and the air right and the water right and all the rest of it, you will be shocked how fast your health can come back because your body yep. knows what to do. And I suspect that we'll see an outward manifestation of that with the communities too. Once they start to operate correctly, I think people will be shocked how fast. I mean, they can't even make money quickly if they wanted to. They don't necessarily have to. But the whole thing, I think, because it's so harmonic, the music will play beautifully from that. Whereas right now everything is completely discordant and it's just a cacophony of noise and it's horrible to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love the way you just put that. I don't think I'm going to have to steal that, Adrian. <laughs> Take it, brother. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. But you're right. And you're, you're totally right. And that's what we see. That's what we are seeing. And uh, it's, I think I totally agree because I think people, they probably know that. But if they could see that in action, it would even spring them. It would, it would be the catalyst for them to be able to do it even quicker as well, is to yeah. start forming you know, getting back to that community and, yeah. and uh, getting on track. That's really, really what it is. It's just getting back on track. Yeah. Well, that, that's, I think that's a direction I'm, I'm doing this, um, the back to the health series. I think I'm going to call it with people's stories on that. I'm just wondering whether I can start reaching out and seeing if we can find ways to encourage people to do communities. One of the things I'm quite good at is gathering a lot of information and collating it into really easy to get through stuff. So I can, I can organize and catalog, which comes back to the databases and stuff I design and build. So yeah, right. maybe that's something I could help you guys with. And that's one of the things I was going to suggest. I'm quite good at organizing and figuring stuff out and strategy. So I can certainly right. give you a hand if you want with that. Um, but yeah, I, I think we, I want to, I want to float with that. I want to see, but I feel drawn to that because that has to be created. You know, when I get handed a piece of software to fix, sometimes I'll look at it and go, no, there's not a chance. I'll just build something new. Why would I try and fix what's completely broken? And there's so many people trying to hang on to this current system and say, yeah, we can do this, we can do this. No, just drop it. Leave it alone. It's poison. Don't keep drinking from the poison and wonder why you get sick. Create something fresh and new, which is what the community stuff's about. And if they need some yeah. guidance, and let's find a way to create something so we can say, look, we haven't got the answers, but this is a step you can do. This is something here you can do. Let's start to build that up and create a resource for that and join forces mm -hmm. with other people who've also got the same resources. And it'll gather momentum, just like your threads thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. That's what's needed. That's great. Mm, that's going to be a big thing then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, in your mind, you just you just realize how much time that's going to take. But that's the thing too. If you're working on something that you know is of great value yeah. uh, to not just yourself, but of great value yeah. to others and to the world, it's kind of becomes, it's not really work then. And that's, the, I guess, the key 
is forming community, you actually fall into where your individual strength is. Like, what is it that you actually have to offer? Not what is it that you can do to get a paycheck to go to the supermarket and pay your rent? Like, what is it that you can actually provide of value? And that gives people so much more internal, uh, that inner sense of actually having a place in the world. Whereas in the system, you're just a number. You're expendable. Like anyone could do your job, you know, like in, uh, yeah, there's, don't want to get into movies, but there's uh, there's so many things that people are just expendable for in yeah. this current society and by design. Yeah. Whereas in community, you actually have a very, very valid and valuable place. Yeah. And when you find that, which doesn't take long, yeah. you know, there's, it doesn't matter if it's a big project because it's like you get out of bed just thinking, awesome, I get to work on this project That's again. Right. Yeah. And everybody else is going, hey, great, you're still working on this. This is going to have such a great... Yeah. yeah, provide such great value for yeah. everybody. So yeah. everybody wins from that. You can't you can't get like depressed and yeah. you know be all lost and things because the, well you can in other ways, spiritual ways, but not in the way that you operate in the in your community. No, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, and that that if if people people I said people again, God, I keep now men and women. I got I got to really hammer that home in my own mind. <laughs> if 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 men and women and boys and girls would simply focus on what excites them then it doesn't become work. Like, you know, I, I enjoy creating all this kind of stuff and talking and figuring stuff out. And it's not for the money. You know that. They're just if you yeah. look at your hourly rate on this, it's it's less than pitiful. <laughs> yeah. But rewarding-wise, spiritually, emotionally, and knowing that you're making a difference, then the rewards for that are immeasurable. And mm-hmm. I think if you just – if people – said it again. If men and women could be encouraged to reach well, people down, is all right. Yeah, I suppose, People yeah. is uh, – People refers to living. It's only persons. Persons, that was When it, you yeah. say even a person isn't that bad to use in, um, but persons. So when a government refers to collective men yeah. and women, yeah. they refer to them as persons. Okay. But the real term is people. A yeah. government is meant to protect its people, but that's why they created persons yeah. so they can Abuse extract them. from persons. <laughs> but yeah, people is people is the collective for living beings. Fine. Thank you for that. Yeah, in that case, if people will simply start to figure out what they're passionate about, what they're interested in, what they're drawn to, then and it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to decide everything. Just just follow that thread and see where it leads. And the thin threads, yeah, but they, exactly. they lead to interesting places, really interesting places if you'll simply go quiet enough to follow them. And if you're lucky That's enough right. to, you know, right now you could be quiet because there's plenty of quietness going on. Yeah. And that's why people are re- re-figuring out what's important to them, which is great. I do think there's still a missing link, which is education, because 100%. as we've discussed several times, the educational system is not an educational system. No. And so for the people that do want to follow what they're passionate about, yeah. but they've never actually gained any experience, because you can't say to somebody, hey, do you, are you passionate about you know putting up uh, you know frames for housing? Yeah. Uh, but they don't really know how to do it. You, yeah. the, the houses are going to probably fall down sort of thing. So it's... It's a matter of getting in. That's which is where community comes in because in a community, there are people that have those skills. So then you just essentially buddy along with people like kids do in tribes. They just hang out. They don't go to school. They hang out with the adults doing real world things and learn and become very proficient at those real world things, which is what the education is meant to be. So uh, that, that does exist in community. The education will be there provided by those who already have the skills, which is, plentiful there's within a community you you will get that education yeah 100 percent. and i I think the focus on the education is something as well but it's not it's not the traditional formal education that people require it's the one you just talked about that's everything yeah 
you know. And what's beautiful about that is that anybody that has a valid skill, they generally speaking, generally, most of the time are so keen to impart that. Yes. Like if you know how to, how to build a house and you got some people that don't know how to build and they're keen, that enthusiasm is just like, you just come on, I'll show you, you know, like it's it's like anything, like I have that with music or if it's with, uh, with anything, if somebody wants to learn, I'm just like overly keen to share what I I can because it's not about a monetary, uh, exchange or anything like that. Because usually in those situations, there is no monetary exchange, which is why it's such a pure, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, educational process. Yeah. And most people are very, very keen to share what they know or their abilities and to impart those onto another, per- onto another, yeah. well, anyone, whether it's a kid or an adult, yeah. just onto somebody else. Yeah. Well, that, that's how it should be in a schooling thing too. There's no reason why you couldn't have a 27-year-old in with a 12-year-old if they're at the same level of education on a particular subject. This idea yeah, that you've got true. all these age groups, it doesn't make any sense. It should be where you're at, what you want to learn and what you want to give and what you want to get. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. That's why when I do like the homeschooling program, I want to uh, put out and implement is going to be from four year olds to any, any age of adult. There's no like age category for each topic. It'll, they'll be designed in a way that, uh, yeah, you could, if you were going to go through it, as long as it's, there'll be age appropriate things, obviously, but Mm -hmm. some of it is just like, if you read it, it's simple enough that a kid can do it or an adult. Yeah. doesn't matter, but the actual quality of the education should yeah. be the same. No, absolutely, yeah. I mean, one of the things I always do when I'm learning a new subject is I get a book written for a 10-year-old and I get the broad concept, so I've got something, the big stuff to hang the smaller details around. And there are yeah, so many things, right. you know, there's so many things you can do to help people learn quickly because they're being taught to unlearn. They're being taught all sorts of crazy systems now that don't make any sense. I think I mentioned this before. I was with a, a friend's children and they were getting stuck with some division stuff. And I said, well, I'll help you. And they showed me the way they'd been told to do it. And I couldn't work it out. I said, well, it's just long division. Why don't we do this? And I'll draw it out. And it took like a second. They went, well, yeah, but we have to do it the way she said. And I said, but you can't get the answer that way. You're having to guess. That's not how you get to it. (laughs) (laughs) And I really couldn't work it out. I couldn't work out how to give the information back in a way that would give her what she was looking for. Mm. But I could show them. I said four or five times, follow me doing this. And they worked it out. And they could do long division straight away. You know, it's not complex. But yeah. what she was doing was you got to do this and guess this and time. And I was like, what the fucking what? Anyway, it's just it's bizarre. Yeah, I used on. to find that ridiculous in school because you, you'd have to show you working out sometimes when I just, I could do it a different way or I just knew it any, knew the answer anyway. And yep. then you, you wouldn't get the question right because you hadn't put your working out the way you were supposed to put it, yep. uh, even though your way might have been better. And um, yeah, I always found that a bit, bit perplexing, especially because at that age you hadn't seen that yet you just you just wanted to get the right answer and if you could get it and, you, and then you were getting the question wrong yep. you were getting marked wrong it was very confusing that's because they want to put you into the right shaped hole and you're obviously the wrong shaped peg yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> as i think many yeah, of right. us were <laughs> yeah yeah so true yeah well yeah good. other than that i think that i don't have anything else that's um you know I feel a burning desire to uh, to share at the moment. There's always going to be new things, so I'm sure we'll do more conversations. But is yeah. there anything else that you think you'd like to cover? No, I think we're good just to really encourage people to get out and have great conversations themselves with people and to, to just start thinking about what it is you want, even if that's by looking at what you don't want and just go in the polar opposite direction or the magnetically opposite direction, whichever way you want to do it, so that you can start to get drawn along that thread 
of passion and excitement and fun that will lead you where you're supposed to be going as opposed to in the direction you might be headed right now. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And I think actually some people, you know, they're afraid of that. They've, they've got this uh, block, they self-sabotage about anything that would be a, a direction of passion or a direction mm -hmm. of joy or something like that. So maybe that's something we could uh, talk about in the future is why people might do that to themselves. But, yeah. you know, that's, I think what you just said is the, is the first part. And that's one of the things that I said before, one of the first things I learned from Paul Check was that uh, somebody needs to have that. If they want to heal, for example, they need to have that that direction, if people want to have a, just a good life in general, exactly what you just said is what yeah. people need to, that's like the basic recipe. Yeah. But most people don't, aren't doing that. They're not like, why are you not willing to look at what you're, why do you feel that you, you're deserving of more than the worst case scenario, for example? Because a lot of people think of that and that's where they sit because it's like, this is where I'm comfortable. Yeah. Life is hard, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And they're a little bit scared or they feel undeserving of something that would make them passionate and and you know, to really want to go down and to be, have a joyful path through yeah. life. So yeah, something to, to go into, I think. That, that'd be really good. That'd be a great conversation. And, and as we finish this one, I think you'll like the t-shirt I have because it's aimed at all the non-men out there. Can you read that? Grow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great shirt. Yeah. It's been great chatting. Have a lovely, have a lovely day and I shall uh, catch up with you soon, buddy. Thanks, Adrian. Take care, mate. Look out yourself. Bye-bye. Yeah.